Hey guys, I just need to make a quick announcement before this episode begins. There was some technical difficulties on my end with my mixer throughout the episode, and you're going to hear some shortages and outages. I unfortunately have done everything I can to fix it, but the content from this conversation was so good that I did not want to let it get left and lost in my folders. So I'm going to put it out this week as an episode because I really want you guys to enjoy it, have a great time, and I'm really sorry about the instances on my end. I'm looking to fix this and make sure it doesn't happen in future episodes. So enjoy. Divers, what is up? My Mullenites unite. Divers, all welcomed. Man, I am, you guys are in for a treat today because I, you, you hear me talk about how much I love ska and how much I love reggae and how much my punk influence has been so strong. And I try every week to throw a little bit of a change up at you. I try to change the flow. I try not to do everything the same every week. And the past month or so has been a very heavy uh, beach vibe, ska, reggae, we're partying scene. And I couldn't think of a better way to kill the summer and just put a stamp on it to show how awesome it was for us here at the BICBP. And I've got one of my favorite artists, one of the bands that if you have not listened to them yet by now, I've been preaching to you, please go check them out. I'm graced with Howie Spangler of Ballyhoo in the studio today. Howie, thank you for coming on. Say hi. You are much too kind. Thank you for the intro. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, I, I have been psyched, and uh, you know, I, I shot out that uh, message message to you the other day last week, and I was like, I'll just throw it out there. And when I got it back, I was like, you know what? This is it. This is gonna be perfect. So thank you. Of course. Uh, so this being a vinyl show, I had to ask right off the bat: owning or purchasing, or was it given to you? Uh, I, um, I was definitely. I guess given vinyl, um, when when I was a kid, vinyl was still like a thing, and then it you know went away in the '90s. Um, now we're seeing obviously we're full blown again back into it. But uh, mm-hmm. so I was too young to actually buy anything. But I remember um, this is the '80s, and uh, they, my mom or dad, I, I can't remember who, um, brought home a Billy Idol record. Um, and it was, I guess it was the one with the white wedding on it. I can't remember the name of the record, but it was just his face on the cover. Um, sorry, my AC kicked on. No, you're good. Um, we're spinning that. And then also there was another one that I was a huge fan of was a banana rama. Um, and it had, uh, that song. I mean, you've heard the song and it's been on commercials, uh, Venus, Mm -hmm. like I'm your Venus. Um, yes for whatever reason i was very much into that song and i liked the band they had another song called cruel summer and i honestly don't remember if it was on the same record or not but um yeah uh vinyl was a huge thing in my in my household my my dad my dad had a huge collection of stuff like uh, i remember his uh the van halen 1984 record with the with the little kid with the with the angel wings and the cigarette 
on the cover and um you know grand funk railroad and all like, you know Jimi hendrix experience and uh he had rat like a couple rat albums uh one of my favorite bands as a kid dude rat's a hidden gem i it's one of those ones that i feel like when i pull rat out of the bag it's just like oh wait we forgot about them yeah yeah my uh it's funny my 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 son and my daughter they they just went um <clears throat> my my let's see my dad's ex-wife so like my ex-stepmom basically um okay she she took my fiance and our kids and her son um to atlantic city last week this past weekend and uh they went and saw rat um at the hard rock casino oh um they're still yeah they're still doing it and um it's Stephen Piercy and I think Juan, the bass player. Um, but that that's it. Uh, everybody else is like new, newer and younger guys. But um, yeah, they're still out there doing it. It's nice to see. Uh, that was my first concert when I was a kid. I was six years old. My dad took my brother and I. He was four, I think, uh, to go see Rat and Poison in 1987. And um, it was uh, it was what made me want to do this now, like being a band and all that. So that experience from going from vinyl to seeing the band live transition to how did transition to you and your brother wanting to play music? Was guitar your first choice? I wanted to play drums when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. I wanted to play drums and I just wasn't, uh, I don't know, it, the same with guitar. Like I, I just was I wanted to do all that stuff, but I didn't want to take the time to learn. Um, my parents tried to give me guitar lessons when I was like five. They got me this little, little acoustic guitar, little kitty acoustic guitar, and um, I guess my dad said every time that, that I had like two lessons, and the guy just couldn't teach me because all I wanted to do was like, you know, rock out on it, just strum it really hard, and not really focus on the fretboard and all that. Um, I was just too young, and uh, <clears throat> but the drums were just, I think. I don't know. Drums is just something that's so like, I guess primal. Like I think everybody just loves drums. You know, just something in our DNA that makes us love drums. It's like you know, even like the earliest, you know, tribes of of, of the world, older civilizations, like ancient civilizations. Like the mm -hmm. drums were like a big thing. You know, um, and uh, I don't know. There's something about just beating the shit out of like a snare drum and cymbals and smashing it. You know, it's just. Uh, but it, it just it's it's a uh, it's a flow of energy. It's, yeah, yeah, it is. And just, be, you know, the thought of like being a drummer and sort of just laying down this this groove and everyone is out there reacting to what you're doing, like you're making this beat and people are dancing and bobbing their heads. I don't know. It's just the idea that it's really cool. I guess that sort of translate and translates to everything else, whether you're a, a keyboard player or a singer or a guitar player on stage as well. Bass player. Um, you're doing something on stage that like people are reacting directly. You're directly affecting um, someone's body language, their movement, their, it's really interesting to think about, you know? So uh, I, eventually I played snare drum in fourth grade and um, I thought it was gonna lead to a big drumming career, I guess, <laughs> you know, it's like nine. I, th I think it happens to all of us, you know, as kids, we all say, hey, we wanna be a rock star, musicians. Some of us actually made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, um, it, you know, it's it's one of those things. Like when I, I was a I was a kid, and like kids go through all different phases of like I want to do this when I grow up. I want to do this when I grow up. This I want this. You know, I wanted to be, uh, you know, I I wanted to be in a band from the age of like six. 
Um, but then I wanted to also like draw comic books and animate cartoons and like I'm, I'm very heavy on like the artist side of things. Um, and uh, then I wanted to like make films. I wanted to create, uh, you know, we, we used to like, uh, we had a video camera when I was a teenager and we would, um, you know, make dumb sketches of like us playing around in the basement, you know, just come up with things. And um, I remember trying to write scripts and stuff. So like there was a, always like the, this creative uh, thing that I was pursuing and the music just sort of, you know, I think I, when Green Day came out in, uh, in 94 and I heard like Longview and then Basket Case, it was just sort of like, all right, this is, I think, I think is the music. I think that's where I want to go with it. You know, I can always take the, what's cool about what we do is, is I can still, I can create films and I can create art around the band, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I get to use all those things that I actually wanted to do. I can kind of, they're sort of in the background, but I get, I get to use them, you know, for this. It's, it's interesting. That's really cool. That's see, I didn't realize that you had been so much into uh, comic art and you know writing film. Like I didn't realize that that was also a part. I thought you were you know you you want to be a musician and that was kind of it. So to kind of see that side and see that no, oh, you had all aspects of creative content always going and it just if it wasn't in one direction it went to another. And I, I think I'm a musician artist and or a guitar player is a musician or however you want to say it. And you're not just you're not just a guy that goes up and yeah. plays guitar and sings. You know, there are musicians like that that will do that, and they're amazing. But you've you've taken everything and you've embraced every bit of it, and your work shows for it. There's a uniqueness to your style, but even your your flavors with like the music videos and your art albums, like the album covers for Ballyhoo. Like I love waiting to see what is the new album cover going to be because it's something so different and unique, and it just catches your eye. And I remember hearing you say that you uh, will outsource work if it's something you don't want to do. So I don't know specifically which album covers you may have directly worked on or not, but I'm sure they all have to pass under your your eye first for, for creative uh, executive, you know, like an okay. Yeah. Um, usually, like, what I'll do is because because I'm like I like drawing. I like I doodle a lot. You know, like I'll be writing lyrics and I'll end up like like squirrel and I'll just start like doodling off, off to in the margin there. Um, but, uh, it's like when I hit a brick wall, but like, um, when it comes to doing the art stuff, like I just, some, if I'm not like, if I don't feel excited about an idea, like if I don't feel like I can pull it off, like what's in my head, um, I can't get excited about it. And I know right away that like, okay, someone else, someone else needs to do this. Like, I'm going to leave this to the pros, like some things like. I think the band should be heavily involved in all facets of, you know, because you're, you're no matter what comes out, it, it's a rep representation of you and your art, so or your vision. Um, so when I when I give when I give that up, that control up to a real artist, um, you know, I just sort of let them take it. Like I'll be like, hey, I'm kind of looking for this. We're talking about this. This is the album title, or you know, something based around this, and sort of let them run with it you know um so it's like it's like our vision but it, it's their their take on our vision you know mm -hmm. what i mean so i want them to be able to run free and feel good about it when they're done um and usually the the artists that we pick um you know i've, I've seen their work before or we've worked with them before and i just know it's going to be great you know like and i i can have an idea and 
uh, I can just, I can go, oh, you know, Sean Logan would be perfect for this or Casey Cowan would be perfect for this, you know? Um, and uh, it's always like, we always go for like big, vibrant colors and just, just sort of the, you know, we throw in the palm trees and the sunsets and like the, the beach kind of lifestyle stuff, just sort of, even if it's like a gritty cover, we try to work all that stuff in, you know? Um, it's just sort of been like the imagery of the band for a long time. And, uh, it's a nice dynamic because a lot of the stuff that I talk about in the songs is based on real life stuff. And, um, some of it can be pretty heavy and I sort of spin it in a way that makes it like pop and upbeat, even though it's kind of sad, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think the art should reflect that. Now I'll, I'll skip a little, I was going to ask kind of how Bailey who came to be. But sure. I see where you're going right now, and I think a better question is, in this direction, as far as asking for input and kind of putting it out there to everyone else, is how, what is the recording process for the band? Do you... Now, I've always felt weird about this because I've never gotten to a studio, so I don't know how I would do it. But I think I like to write songs in, on my own end, but I feel like if I was ever going with a band, it would be kind of like, guys, this is what I'm doing. What can you add to it? But I know that's not how every other band goes. So how would Bally Who, how does Bally Who go into a studio session and lay out tracks for an upcoming album? I mean, I, I work in my studio just about every day. Mm -hmm. um, and I try to, like I have ideas all the time for like melodies or a lyrical idea or like a riff or something. Mm -hmm. um, and... Like like yesterday, for instance, I I've got I've got a bunch of melodies bouncing around in my head. I know that we need to make a new record at some point, mm -hmm. so I think I start to get like frustrated and stressed out a little because I want, you know, obviously I want to I always want to put out the best stuff, mm -hmm. um, and then I have these ideas. I've got so many that like I'll be working on something and then so the other thing comes in and it just interferes with what I'm. It's, it's like I can't compartmentalize it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I get stressed out and I just, I just stop. Like yesterday, felt, I, yesterday felt like a completely non-productive day. Like I did all the, all the administrative bullshit in the morning. Like, you know, we had to push the video and that we, our dark sunglasses video just came out and like, um, push that all day and like engage with the fans, like go, go in the comments and talk to people. And I do that on IG and I do that on Facebook and just everywhere. Um, YouTube, which can, so, can I just real quick? How does it feel to have a fan base that I say rivals the Kiss Army? <laughs> because <laughs> between you and the Tropaholics, I between the Hooligans and the Tropaholics, I've never seen more devote fans. I, you're right. I mean, you're right. You guys have your own private it, Kiss Army. The, it's it's so true, man. Like there are some fierce, you know, uh, lovers out there that just um, they're lifers. You know, and uh, I am insanely grateful to have those those people. Um, you know, you've got people that that listen to music and they like songs of certain bands. You know, they the kind of fair weather, which happens typically in like pop music and stuff. Yeah. Um, but then you've got these these people that are just hardcore. They're like they're wearing the hats and the t-shirts, and they're they're begging for stickers and they're like so excited like when i put up an acoustic clip that's 30 seconds long and just oh what's that or oh my god we need more of this um 
sharing with their friends on Facebook and, you know, tagging us on Instagram, like the people that the amount of IG stories that I get every day of people like out on a boat or drinking beer or hanging at a party or like driving their car and listening to our music in the background and tagging us up. I mean, I get those every day and it's just like, we are so, it's like, I think, <laughs> I think there's the luck is a little bit a part of it. Um, somehow it's there, there's serendipitous moments. People hear your music somehow. It's, I don't know. It's just like, however they discover us, I'm just happy to have people listening and um, not a lot of bands can like not a, a lot of the bands that I know around here, they ended up breaking up or, you know, they're still playing these small bars in, in Baltimore or, or whatever. And they're not getting the traction and, and the number of streams that we're getting. And I'm just like, so grateful for that, that, that we have that, you know, for whatever reason, you know, people listen to our band and it actually is legit enough to like pay bills and, and make a, a decent living. Um, no one in this band is rich, you know, it's not like that, but I can, I don't have to go to a job. Like I don't have, like, this is my job. I sit here all day working on music and creative, you know, podcasts. And I think that is amazing that I think that's the goal for all of us as creators and to see that you guys have put in such hustle and grind and, um, I, I think it's crazy to show that, you know, you guys have, you guys have crossed that threshold that, like you said, I don't I don't know about how many other bands out there are able to make it professionally and just let this be what they just do and the bands that are and like you guys you're a you're you're the beacon to show all other creators like us hey if I grind and put in the effort that they can I might just get lucky enough it, yeah. and you're just to see the interaction of all the individual like YouTube clips that you'll throw up or just the like the 30 second acoustic samples I scroll through Facebook and you see two or three of them of you in the the black and white filter of you just with your guitar just jamming, and it's like, wait, what? What did he play? <laughs> like that moment, right? Now, other bands don't give their fans, and you guys definitely have set a standard and a lot of inspiration. I, I'm sure other creators like me out there that we model people like you to say how how are they doing it because they're doing something right and I I need to follow somewhere. So thank you, you know. Yeah, I'm, th no, that's I. Uh, again, I, I am like I said, kind of go back to what you were saying. I kind of mm. got off no, a little fine. bit, but like, you know, when you mentioned like the Tropaholics and the Hooligans and and the Uglies Nation and all those fan groups on on Facebook, it, it's like those are the people that that really they're like the lifeblood of of this whole thing. Mm. Like we couldn't do it without them. And um, you know, my fiance here, uh, she's you know, I couldn't do this without her. Like there's this, all this support behind us. Like I couldn't go out on tour all the time, you know, as like a single dad or something, if, if she wasn't in the picture, you know, here to mm -hmm. be with the kids while I'm gone, you know, it's like, I would have to be home. I don't know how I would do this. You know, I don't even want to think about that. Um, and uh, so there's all this immense support behind, you know, bands like mine and Tropodelic and Bumpin' Uglies and, uh, you know, it's it's fan driven, and anyone that, especially in today's world where there's you know MTV is not a thing and radio is not playing, radio is only playing exactly. like Imagine Dragons and you, you know what I mean. They're not playing, they're not mm -hmm. really taking chances anymore. 
Um, you're not hearing a lot of indie rock or indie or whatever, you know. Um, and so it's fan driven. And anyone that doesn't realize that, you know, you need to wake up because, you know, you need to be showing the gratitude, you know, get in the mix with your fans. And, you know, you're not too fucking cool to, you know, say what's up or start a conversation with someone. You know, I answer my DMs on every platform that I'm on. I get in there and I, I chat with people, even if it's a quick like, you know, there's only, only so much time in the day and I need to get to as many people as possible. So I'll try to make a meaningful conversation, but, but sometimes it's just, you know, a sentence or two or maybe like the, you know, the heart emoji or something like that. But um, it, I want to acknowledge these people that are taking the moment, taking the time to say hi. That moment is everything to them. Yes. So you, you definitely you definitely are hitting it there. Yeah, you're definitely hitting. It's it. important. It's important that that's that should be, you know, music. The music is number one. The music is always number one. You know, mm -hmm. you need to be focused and make sure that you're putting your best foot forward and, um, you know, just just trying to give it your all and, and put out your best stuff that you can, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I think a hard number two, almost number one, is is the fans. It's like. Like again, this is all fan driven. We couldn't be out there playing shows if nobody's going to show up, you know. And people buy merch and they're they're repping the hats and the t-shirts and, um, you know. And and like I said, the 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 reposts and the the retweets and the IG stories tagging us up. I mean, it's all it all counts. And it's just, you know, I'm very very grateful for for all the fans. And you know, it's just it's been insane to. Well, see I want to get to dark sunglasses and California feeling. King, but to bring us up to where we are now. Game. And looking back, you guys have been around since the 90s. So how do we catch you guys up from the 90s to 2019? Is there a quick way of summing up how the band kind of came to be? Yeah, I'll give you the elevator pitch. Um, All right. I started in the summer of 1995 in my mom's basement. My brother and I started the band. Awesome. Uh, and then um, through ba a, a few bass player changes, um, and we put our first record out in 2000. I made 1,000 of them. Um, and that was it. Uh, so luckily, digital came along. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I did not know how to manage money or anything back then. Um, and then uh, started playing out more um, in uh, in the mid 2000s. Went on tour, put our second record out, Do It For The Money, in January 2006. Uh, that's kind of the one that put us on the map. We started touring that year. A couple months after that um and just never looked back and then cheers came out in 2008 and that was that just sort of solidified um and uh i mean there's still songs that we have to play from both of those records you know every night mm -hmm. um and uh kept touring and just you know drinking beer and jaeger and meeting other bands and meeting fans and sleeping on floors and kind of doing it to 2000 end of 2010 we signed with uh, Pepper uh, for their Law Records label um, to to put out the Daydreams record. Went on tour with them the day it came out in September 2011. Um, yeah, that record just turned eight, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and that ended up. And then the following summer, we did Warp Tour 2012. It was our first Warp Tour. We did the whole thing two months. It was brutal. Um, that summer kind of changed our lives uh, with that record and everything that was going on around the band. Um, and 2013, we put out Pineapple Grenade, 
And it's just every time we did a record, it was just it was just more and more and more. Like Pineapple Grenade was um like one of our biggest releases. It I think it hit like number five at uh at iTunes Alternative, which was huge for us. That that is um, amazing. Yeah, being an indie band, you know, um, mm-hmm. self produced and all that. Uh Daydreams is still I think our biggest record, you know, probably because of Walk Away, a song called Walk Away. Um that song carries that record for sure. Dude, the whole album, that whole record is just a f- complete compilation story that I love. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's uh, it, w- it was fun to make, and um, it, you know, we didn't know that we were recording our biggest song at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Walk away, just I knew the I knew I loved the hook, you know, but mm-hmm. I just had no idea it was going to connect the way it did. And you know, still eight years later. We have to play this song every night, and everybody goes apeshit in the crowd. Um, and again, I'm just thankful. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Pineapple Grenade comes out in 2013. Um, you know that that does really well. Uh, that that starts charting, and mm-hmm. um, that was kind of the beginning of like the charting stuff for us. Uh, well, Daydreams, I kind of got a little bit of charting as well. <clears throat> um, and then uh, 2013. So yeah, 2017. Well, we did like some EPs and stuff. And then 2017, we released Girls um, on our own label, uh, Right Coast Records. Um, and yep, which congratulations for having your own record label. Thank I know you. that I know it's a big stop. Yeah, it was. That was actually technically our first release was the Marijuana Law single in 2013, which was part of the uh, Pineapple Grenade sessions. And so the first actual album was Pineapple Grenade on, on the uh, Right Coast Records. And then we released a Bump and Ugly's record and a Resonator record and. Um, bands everybody should check out uh and then um yeah girls came out and that was our biggest rollout ever like our biggest release um at to that point uh we spent three months on pre-order and we had we had shot all this footage with our friends at sugar shack uh down in florida they um basically took a day and shot all this content for each song and we had these these um these uh beautiful models that that just i mean we didn't even pay them that much you know we didn't have a big budget but like they they were like they were like troopers you know just hardcore and they um got all this stuff done in one day and and then uh the rollout just i mean the day that it came out um it hit number one at itunes alternative and it stayed there all weekend and it just would not budge and it was just like this huge um validation for us um and we were so proud. I mean, I was I was so drunk when I saw it. Like, I, we had a record release party. We were at in Daytona actually, and I was I got off stage and we were uh, bumping Uglies and cashed out play with us. And uh, Brandon from Uglies, he walked up to me after we were done. He's like, "Dude, look, you're like in the top five, <laughs> like at Alternative." I was like, "Holy shit!" And I was like drunk. And then like an hour later, we were number one, and it was just like insane you know um so we were like blown away by that uh, 2018 um 2017 2018 was like a weird year because like my, my 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 dad passed away at the end of december 2016 uh the record comes out three months later okay. um the girl's record now the record had already been done it was already in the can it was it was ready to go it was coming out um and uh so that was that. And then the rest of 
2017 i don't really remember it it was it's really weird like i don't like i kind of like it's really hazy and weird i remember a few shows and stuff it was just mm-hmm. a really weird year because you know with my yeah. dad and everything and um and like so i didn't really start writing again until like august of that year um it just didn't occur to me, you know, for whatever reason. I don't know. I just wasn't in the mood. I just wasn't really coming up with anything. I, you know, I'm sure I had some riff ideas mm-hmm. and things like that, but I didn't sit down to actually demo anything out or like really kind of start getting at it. Um, and finally, in like August of 2017, I uh, it was about eight months after he passed. I, I started like, all right, I'm going to sit down here and just kind of toy around and see what happens. I wrote, I don't want to go, which is the first track on detonate. Um, and, like right away it, it kind of had this sort of like it has this aggressive ska uh four on the floor beat to mm-hmm. it all the way through um a little bit of rock in there it's uh it's like a ska rock song and lyrically it's just about me being over all of like the 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 whole song and dance of like being in a in a touring band um and like having to do photo shoots and make videos and you know feeling like i'm on a schedule and Mm -hmm. um being sort of like overwhelmed at the merch table with with people that again you know grateful for all that that anyone even wants to say hi to me or take a picture with me um but it's like being human it's like it can also be really like anxiety can kick in and you know you just feel it's kind of weird you think i'd be used to it by now but like I still get it sometimes where I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so weird. Like, people just crowding around me. Um, and uh, so I kind of wanted to write about that. And just it's kind of aggressive and sort of angry and just so I'm like, I'm over. I just want to stay in bed all day, you know. Um, and I knew I was like, I want to write. This is the direction right here. This is where I want to go with this next record. Because the girls' record was kind of upbeat and pop reggae. And, and I love the, the album. But I just wasn't feeling that. I, I had all these things, to, these dark things to write about with both my parents being gone now and like you know the the struggle of being in a band and trying to stay above water you know and and being on tour and like paying bills and paying rent and all that like having a family all these things that i hadn't really touched on and uh in 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 the heavy way that i did i've always kind of talked about that stuff but this was like i just really went full force into it um and i just knew that it wasn't going to work on like a pop reggae backdrop um, it had to be more aggressive and punk rock and just, you know, kind of heavy handed. So the record ended up being more of a punk record, more of a rock record than, than the previous. And, and I, I thought it wasn't much of, it wasn't too much of a departure from daydreams because daydreams <laughs> was, was like a reggae, a, to me, daydreams is like yeah. a very good representation of like a, a reggae rock record like it has a good mix this one just didn't have a whole lot of reggae on it it was more of the rock stuff and um you know it didn't it, it like the fans loved it they were i mean gushing over when it came out it didn't do as well as girls did but but then again we didn't have the same amount of time to promote and get we only had six weeks of promotion and pre-order and i was in this whole diy punk rock phase where i was like i don't give a fuck what happened like just, I just want to put this out. This needs to come. It was like a therapy record looking back. Um, and so we put that out. I mean, there's still songs we have to play from that. I mean, people just tend to enjoy everything that we do, at least a couple songs. And 
now I've sort of moved on to mm-hmm. like kind of back. Now I've got dark sunglasses and California King, which are, you know, polar opposites of what Detonate was. And less than a year later, you know, it was like, I guess 11, yeah, it was about 11 months later we're putting out these two. And, you know, Renegade is the same. It's a reggae track. You know, it's just, I was in this weird mood and it took a long time to shake it. And I feel like it was nice to get it out. And, you know, I can kind of get back to like the upbeat stuff and um i don't know i just love all of it i love playing rock i love playing punk i love reggae i love acoustic stuff you know it's a weird uh, i bounce around a lot but um you know who knows what's gonna happen next (laughs) i i can't wait that was a long-winded catch-up i'm sorry no that's no problem because I, i feel bad i try not to be the same as everyone else asking like oh what's the story to back up here but you know what the way I see it is there are fans and I they're my Mullenites and my divers and they haven't if they haven't listened to you, they don't know your full story. So thank you for sharing it with them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's uh I don't know. It's no when I when I have people on my podcast, I like other artists and stuff, mm-hmm. I wanna know the, I wanna know the same things, you know, and uh it's interesting because everyone has like the same story. You know, there's obviously different different events and stuff but like it's all fundamentally the same you know people are sleeping on floors and whatever does it give you like a self i don't want to say self-validation but kind of like all right see like if they're doing the same thing as me and they're doing good then like all right i'm still on track with the same thing or the same uh pace or do you yeah i don't know it's interesting because it happens differently for everyone um and it happens in different uh, increments, I guess, like the the level up that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've we got a pretty good amount of level ups through our career in the last, you know, 24 and a half years almost. It'll be 25 years next summer. It's wild. Um, but like in that time, we've had a lot of level ups and um, we've had a lot of downs, you know, uh, probably more downs than ups but the ups are so great you know it's it just makes it worth it and um there are bands that i know that have been together like less than half the time that we've been together and are already on tour buses and selling out thousand seat venues and things like that um and you know you can sit there and try to reverse engineer what worked for them you know you can obsess, obsess over it all day but it's not going to necessarily what works for someone else is not necessarily going to work for you, you know, and you have to find your own path. And, and that's why I encourage bands to go on tour and put out as much material as possible and mingle with the fans and really get savvy on the platforms and use, you know, use the social platforms to to get to know your audience and understand what they want you know i think i think being an artist is is sort of like a give and take thing um you know you can be headstrong and your vision is that and you can say fuck everybody this is what we're doing Mm -hmm. or you can sort of you can listen to your audience and see what they're into i ask every now and then like hey what what kind of kind of songs you guys want to hear next like stuff like that i'm not afraid of that you know i'm not afraid to it's almost like a challenge like oh so you want some more pop reggae okay i can do that you know or you want some more punk i can do that you know um 
I don't know. I, I've always been the type of person where I like to like I like when everybody's happy. I like to make everybody happy if I can. Um, and there's a saying that like if, if you try to make everyone happy, no one will be happy. Um, and uh, it's something like that. So you do need to stick to your guns, but um, I think it is important to to know your audience. Um, and like I said, what, what works for you know someone like Stick Figure is not necessarily going to work for Ballyhoo, you know, or what works for Pepper is not going to work for Ballyhoo. It <clears throat> everybody finds their own way, and um, like I said, we somehow, you know, we're pulling over, you know, four to five hundred monthly listeners on Spotify. People listen to the music. I don't know why. I hope. I, I hope it's because it's good. Um, you know, it's just. I'm just happy to be here. I hear you. You know what I mean? It, it can get really complicated talking about that stuff. No, it, it definitely can. And I'm I'm sorry if it, we went in a little bit. No, 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 no. This is, I mean, this is why we do this, right? This is. I, and I think. This is why we have these interviews. Well, it's not even just an interview. I think this is a podcaster thing because certain interviews and like in, mag in magazines or tabloids, there's a kind of a, there's a clear guideline of where to follow, but. They don't want to push their bounds too much. But as a podcaster, you know this for followers and fans. Podcasters want to know everything about their fellow podcaster and their co-hosts and their guests. Like, hey, let me let me pick apart everything a little bit. It's a different. Agre yeah. You know? Ag agreed. I think this, this you know, podcasts have created a, a, a medium where anything goes, you know. Uh, what? Uh, how did you – now, how did you start into – your own podcast because you have one called tales from the green room correct yeah yeah that was um that was something that uh i'd wanted to do for a while um maybe like a year year and a half before i actually did it uh i was thinking about it and and you know i have these these moments of doubt like i'll get excited about something and then i'll then I'll be like, I'll, I'll be doing it. And I'm like, you know what? No one's going to like this. Why, the f why am I doing this? Like, no one cares. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard feeling to fight. It's, uh, you know, you get, the, it's this weird anxiety, depression. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, this, the self doubt, self deprecation, like, like no one's going to, no one wants to listen to me talk for 30 minutes, you know, by myself about bullshit. Like, you know, so, that happened a lot, and then, and then one day I just got, I got positive again, and I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna record it. I'm gonna see what happens. I'm gonna put it up there, and see what happens." And so I just, I, the first podcast is like twenty or thirty minutes, and it was, it was about, it was, it was called as, "So you want to start a band?" Question mark. And it, it's, I mean, that was the logical place to start. It was like, okay, I think I'm gonna talk about. Being in a band, being on tour, because I know this really well. I don't want to talk about things I don't know about, mm -hmm. you know. Um, run out of things to say. Uh, so I was like, well, you know, let's start, the, let's start at the beginning. Starting a band. You know what it takes to start a band. And I thought maybe there could be some, there could be some good um, tips there for, for new bands, new artists, uh, that things that I didn't know. And it became this... This podcast about just giving tips and sort of like not so much shortcuts. I think if you know if you're thinking about making shortcuts, you're in the wrong mm -hmm. business. You're going to be disappointed. Um, but 
certain mistakes that don't necessarily need to be made. Um, I, the, uh, the example I use a lot is that we had a radio guy that we were paying for a while uh, working a single. Um, the single it, the single ended up going nowhere. We you know we spent like twenty grand on the single over like ten months, okay. um, and uh, we were going to do a radio show in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, and the guy was really nice and he he had great intentions. Um, so he was like, oh yeah, we're gonna do the show out there. Get you guys out on this radio show, out in the square. So we drove, you know, what is it like, twelve hundred miles or fifteen hundred miles or something like that, um, to do the show. And I think I think we got paid maybe, um, but there was no radio station involved, and apparently there was no alternative radio station there for a very long time. Like the guy just hadn't really checked in, I guess. I, I don't know. And so we did the show, and it was okay. Maybe a hundred people, um, and then we turned around and drove home. You know, another twelve or fifteen hundred miles. Man. Like, like it was like, I don't. I hate to think of it as a wasted trip. You know, because we did it, and it took a lot of time, and it was exhausting because it sucks being in the van mm -hmm. that long. Um, but like, yet at the same time, it's like, God damn, this could have been optimized. We could have done this so much smarter you know we could have routed shows on the way out routed shows on the way back we could have called ahead and make sure there was actually a radio station you know like things like that like so it, it became this podcast about learning and just giving my experiences and maybe people will learn from it if if nothing else if, you know for people that aren't artists and they're just kind of tuning in at least maybe it'll be entertaining you know um so there's like there's a lot of cussing and there's a lot of like you know goofy stories and I talk to other artists you know just if if nothing else I want to be entertaining but I like to think that people are learning something from well it. I I definitely I I've listened to the to the Green Room podcast a few times and you know I tell you this one it gives you a great insight to these bands and musicians that you know I love listening to the music so let me get to know the the musicians behind the scenes and you get some personal stories I was listening to the latest episode and I think you guys were talking about a painting in a room. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it was just just like that with a moment right there, like that did nothing but pure. I got no knowledge from that other than pure entertainment, and that's what you wanted. Yeah, and, and that, that's I think that's one of the it. greatest aspects of podcasting is that yes, there are these personalities like me. No, I'm not known for anything other than being myself, and I now have a podcast where you are known as a musician, but now people can get to know you from your personal side also. Yeah, and it's, I think that's great. It's 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 awesome and it's scary at the same time. It's like, wow, am I going to reveal something about myself that maybe I don't even see, and other people are going to see it and like realize that maybe I'm not as cool as I think I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nah, um, you're cool. You're cool. Oh well, thanks. I, I wasn't looking for like comments, but like, it's just funny <laughs> no, that you it's are, just but... those weird internal thoughts that we have, man. Those those like, I guess all thoughts are internal, right? Um, yeah. But like those those things that we think about like the insecurities and like the that's what it was to get over to make me eventually do the podcast was getting over feelings like that like and the same thing like putting out certain songs or like going on stage in the first place or like recording myself singing with an acoustic guitar and putting it on the internet it's like you know sometimes I think like ugh no one's gonna like this or this sucks and it's like 
you have to get over that. You have to like, just don't worry about what everybody's going to say, you know? And, and the whole thing about the internet is like, people are going to say shit, you know, it's just, it's the nature of it. And you're going to get negative stuff sometimes. Uh, I'm lucky to get a lot of positive messages and, you know, comments and things every now and then I'll get like some weird rando, you know, but, um, you put yourself out there with everything that you do, whether it's a podcast episode or a new song or an acoustic performance, especially an acoustic performance that's like mm -hmm. stripped down and raw, especially when I'm on the podcast by myself and I'm just kind of stream of consciousness. You know what I mean? It's like there's no one to bounce off of. I'm just talking. You got to fill the space. I can't just sit there and like think you know, for five minutes in total silence, you know, people are, are listening to this, you know, it's just, it's wild to think about. You put yourself out there and, and hopefully it lands and, um, you know, you just, you, you move up. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you could have said it any better. And I think it's, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, that is a great way to sum up, you know, by great, great way to sum up how and why we do what we do. You know, you just want to put yourself out there and you just can't, can't pull punches. You just have to be yourself and people will like you for who you are. And if my personality, my way is that if you don't like me for my content and what I do, well, then that's okay. You don't need to like me, you know, mm -hmm. but a hundred percent, man, there's, there's, there's no, uh, there's no right or wrong way to do this. You know, everybody's going to have an audience. Um, hopefully you have an audience and, uh, there are going to be people that aren't into what you're doing and that's fine. And then some people are going to be dicks mm -hmm. about it. You know, they're going to, they're going to make it known people. Some people, miserable people need to feel like they have to tell you, they have to, they have to put it out there that they hate your content, you know, or whatever, or you look stupid or <laughs> thanks. Yeah. What you do. It's like, and I just laugh at that shit now. You know, it's like I used to get bummed out. You know, I never, I never used to do YouTube comments, man, like back in the day. And we've definitely had a, had a bunch that that were like negative and, and weird but once i started digging in i was like man there's a lot of people that like this stuff like i need to get in here more i need to like talk to these mm -hmm. people you know and, and thank them for taking you know two or three minutes to watch the video or you know or listen to the song or whatever it's like you know you can't they, they used to say don't read the comments you know but that can't be further from what you should be doing you know like especially today, you need to be in the comments and you need to thicken your skin. You need to prepare yourself for that. You know, you, you can't get upset if someone um, calls you ugly or you look stupid or the song sucks or like you need to be able to just not take it to heart and actually engage with the with the people that are being negative. I've done it many times. I'll Somebody be like, oh, this song sucks or oh, this band is fucking terrible or something like that. I'm just like, well, what don't, what don't you like about it? You know, just engage with them and sometimes people come back like oh dude i'm sorry i was i was just pissed off and whatever you know you guys are cool like it's it's weird it's a really interesting turn um but uh don't be afraid to get out there you have to you have to interact with your with your audience and get to know them and you're gonna have shit in there as well with the good stuff you got to be able to take the the bad with the good um you can't cherry pick that's just the world we live in uh if you want to if you want to move up well um, you know, y you have to create a sense of community and make yourself accessible. Don't be afraid of all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, Howie, 
thank you so much. Uh, man, I this completely went a little bit off of my plan of attack, and I think what we got was was way better than what I planned. So thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I I do just want to ask, just for the listeners and for fans and followers. Where can uh, where can they see you coming up? I know the tour has just ended, but a new one is in the works for the fall. Yeah, the late uh, nights late nice fall, fall tour, tour um, with Article Sound System and Fayuka supporting uh, friends of ours. Uh, it's kicking off in Omaha, and um, it's going to be going around a lot of the. We're going to Colorado, but we're doing a lot of Midwest as well. We're trying to hit places that we haven't uh, hit in a while. So there's, a, there's like Chicago and uh, Minneapolis and uh, Kansas City, like places like that. Um, ballyhurocks.com mm-hmm. slash tour and go to get all the, the info and tickets uh our new video for uh, dark sunglasses just debuted yesterday youtube so you go check that out um sounds of summer Love i guess it. ep or whatever it is uh dark sunglasses and california king are on that uh go you know we're trying to keep the summer vi- summer vibes alive technically it's still summer it's still for summer. a few more days oh yeah we actually yeah it is only 17 i realize <laughs> that we got another couple days Get ready. You got to wake up uh, right. Billy Joel in a few more weeks. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, Billy Joel's got to get woken up in a couple weeks. <laughs> well, Howie, dude, thank you so much. Uh, you know, I I wasn't expecting this much of a time from you, and we got some incredible content, some great stories, and uh, from uh, from all the Mullenites and all the divers that can't say it to you right now. Thank you, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your time. Dude, my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. Uh, you know, anytime you ever want to come back on, please feel free to shout out and let me know. You got it, man. Thank you. And uh, is there any last plugging information we haven't covered that you want to let everyone know about? Uh, check out Tales from the Green Room podcast. Um, I'm looking for subscribers. Looking for subscribers. <laughs> you heard it, Mullenites. Uh, yeah. All of you, no, we need you to unite. Check out Howie. Check out Tales from the Green Room podcast. Check out Bailey Who and all of the other topics we've talked about today go give them subscribers downloads listens views check out the music video i watched dark sunglasses this morning to kind of get preamped and worked up for it great time (laughs) but no uh nights we'll see you next week and catch you then have a good day guys